Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School, University of Oxford, and Kantar, the marketing insights and consulting company. In each episode, we'll have a frank discussion with industry experts to help brands and business leaders navigate the changing landscape of marketing and hopefully dispel some myths and misconceptions along the way. I'm Jane Osler, Global Head of Media, Insights Division of Kantar. I'm Andrew Stephen, the L'Oreal Professor of Marketing and Associate Dean of Research at the Said Business School. So our guest today... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Is Pete Beanie from Spotify, and he is the global holding company lead. Um, and I think, in practical terms, Pete, that means that you help manage the partnership between all of the different WPP agencies and Spotify. So, welcome. Thank you, Pete. Welcome to the podcast. We're going to talk today about audio and really focusing on at least starting with this big question around: Are brands paying enough attention to audio? What do you think? Yeah, I would say that it's it's very much a burgeoning arena, but it's not something that we're seeing as being, you know, traditional brands that you would expect now, given the growth of audio platforms, you know, our competitors and ourselves, you'd expect to be much more active in that environment, don't seem to be. So I would say in, you know, this is often the case, we've, we saw it with mobile generally as an industry, but there does seem to be a lag in adoption by brands. Once, you know, there's a good number of consumers now consuming content on an audio-only basis, but not as many brands actively thinking about how to be creative in that space. A lot of people have their thinking as relates to digital audio creative very much tied up in the world of radio. And I think in some cases that leads to outmoded ways of thinking. Um, Traditionally, radio had a number of different environments in which it was very strong, the car being a really good example of this. But it's most base form, it's always been a one-to-many medium, and the people that produced it in within the creative community tended to be very traditional. You know, you had your radio guy, he might have been doing a radio woman, they might have been doing this for the better part of 30, 35 years, and they've honed this ability to be very intimate in a one-to-many environment. Um, but the rise of the smartphone um, has meant that streaming platforms like ours have been able to penetrate a number of parts of the day that radio probably just didn't really have much of a voice in. And so that's extended both the reach, but also the amount of time in a consumer's day where they can be spoken to through audio. But I think that when it comes to actually asset creation, the thinking is still probably, I would say, almost over a decade back insofar as what's being made. Um, we don't see, I mean, there is there are some brands that are really pushing the envelope, 
But I think as on a whole, we don't see a lot of adaptation to one-to-one or utilizing any of the inherent benefits creatively of digital in the audio space. A lot of it is still somebody taking their broadcast radio ad, giving it to a platform like ours just as a means of distribution. And that isn't necessarily going to be the most effective way to reach a consumer. So how do we shake off these outmoded ways of thinking then about audio? So if I'm a brand, if if I'm thinking about this from a marketing standpoint, what are the opportunities other than, like you said, just kind of throw the the radio advert into a platform like Spotify? What else could be done? So we can draw quite a few parallels with the the way that brands are producing digital video content. Um, And, you know, it's now usually not enough to just build one asset for an entire broad audience. They will make a number of different adaptations based on, you know, sub-demographics of the group that they're trying to reach, or they may edit it to some degree along gender lines. But, you know, we would expect to see a bit more of that on the audio side because there is a lot of capability there, in particular where it comes to being able to adapt creative to, say, genre. Um, Snickers ran a really interesting campaign in the UK that's won a a multitude of awards in this regard where they were looking at music listeners' propensity to listen to certain genres and then when when that user started to stray from their genre of choice, the actual ad that they would hear in a 30-second spot would relate to the genre in which they tend to listen to and for whatever reason are now an outlier. And that fit really perfectly with their you're not yourself when you're hungry creative platform um, because you know th- that's one way of being able to just use genre and genre segmentation as a way of really instilling that but with no visual assets to speak of. Yo. Yo, what you listening to, blood? It's strange, not that we're ones to jar. Just out of character, I've got to admit, is this your mum's account? Is this legit? Or is it because you're hungry? Feeling rather spacey or maybe confused? Help me out, please, and get this situation diffused. Do you not have dinner or not enough lunch? Grab a chocolate bar, go have a little munch. I'm not having this, bruv. This is out of order. This artist can't even play the recorder. Sort this out, fill that hole, get this whole situation under control. Sort this out, fill that hole, get this whole situation under control. It's what your grand would listen to. Have some Snickers. Get back to being you. You're not you when you're hungry, and neither is your music taste. Stop being so spacey. Grab a Snickers and get back to the tracks you love. And is this something that Spotify encourages? It's you know it, the brand advertisers to do, as in here are the possibilities because audio is fairly cheap to produce fundamentally. It's you know it's not problematic like re-editing or reshooting a video. You can you can do audio all in one go. So is that something that you speak to creative agencies about about? this tailoring Yeah, absolutely, because I think that it there's a responsibility on all of the platforms to in the digital audio space to start to build out research that helps to support this. But, you know, from from the research that we do have, what we have realized is that there is, you know, there there's a great deal more effectiveness on a number of different metrics when it comes to not personalization on a one-to-one basis, but some understanding of the consumer and their mindset and the state that they're in when you're speaking to them, which is only really possible on a digital platform because we have a great deal of information about audiences, what they're listening to, when they're listening to them. So yeah, it's, it's all of our responsibility to make the entire ecosystem of advertising aware of those capabilities. So talking about those sorts of uh, sort of research questions around effectiveness, are there other areas or studies that you've done at Spotify where you've learned uh, about, for example, a, a, maybe across the time of day. 
So you, you've mentioned that audio, Spotify, for example, you know, can be with the, the user throughout you know, many sort of parts of their day, perhaps maybe the whole day. Uh, are, there, are there times, you know, we know in other media channels that there are some better times than others um, based on sort of time of day. How about in the uh, audio space? Well, it, I think for us, it's more looking not necessarily at the times of day because we think that brands, a number of brands have a reason to be speaking to a consumer throughout the day. They, they probably won't just want to instill a message with the consumer over a very short period of time. They want to speak to that consumer across the day in multiple day parts and multiple mind states that that consumer may be in. And I think where a lot may be missed by in, in not using audio is the fact that a number of the moments that a consumer finds themselves in could naturally be screenless. So an example of this being you know, your commute, particularly if you drive, a video asset is of no use and is not going to penetrate the consciousness of the consumer in any way unless they have a death wish. You know, same for things like running, cooking, even doing daily chores. But also, I think it's just looking at the effectiveness of audio. You know, audio is, is, is basically cannot sit in anything but a 100% shared voice environment because the human brain can't process two audible messages at once. However, if you think about this from a digital video or a digital media perspective visually, there are a lot of environments where we are being bombarded by a number of different visual messages at once. And you know, you have to ask the question really how much of that gets in or which one of those messages, if you can see, say, three or four brands within your you know, visual frame of reference at once, which one of those penetrates and why? Whereas that's not a problem brand really needs to consider in the audio space. Um, and what we've seen is, you know, from, from our ad measurement partners so far, you know, we see average ad recall of over 150%, of, you know, or increase of over 150% for that reason. You can't close your ears. You can close your eyes, but you can't close your ears. So a message can really get through in audio in a way uh, which it may not be able to visually. We know that there are lots of different channels that advertisers can choose from. And the big challenge now is really how to make your campaign seem integrated across all those different different places. And we know from our research that having the same music or soundtrack or audio content is one of the key important pieces of sort of connective tissue. So are you seeing campaigns that are integrated across all channels, including audio, or do they kind of treat the audio separately and it doesn't really link together? I mean, it's tough. This is going to be a broad generalization yeah. on my part, so this is not necessarily the view of Spotify. But no, I, I don't think integration is that strong, but also I think that there is a move to try to limit the value that music plays to, um, to advertising in general. If agencies are under a lot of pressure to create subtitled ads, you know, there's only so much resource they can dedicate to the way that a creative message is being brought forward. So if their first thought is, well, how do I make my video asset be able to take its effective reach the furthest by making it work without sound, then you would naturally assume that sound is, then becomes a secondary consideration where, let's say, when you were building for television, sound would have been your primary or a primary consideration in, in the creative. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In itself. Yeah, sort of essentially we're, we're appealing to the different senses with, with advertising or marketing messaging on these platforms. And there's been this, uh, because of video with sound off uh, on other platforms, this sort of push towards a unisensory experience that's all visual. But that maybe doesn't cut through as well as a unisensory experience that's auditory. And I, I think that's an interesting comparison that there's something about sound, there's something about music that you know is enough to stand on its own. The other thing that... I find quite interesting when we think about platforms like Spotify and the fact that people are listening to to music all throughout the day at all in all these different occasions is that it probably tells us something about culture more broadly. So we've long been looking at music as a cultural barometer and if you look at the uh, Spotify Insights blog, you'll see a lot more detail in that regard. But I think two recent experiences which are worth bringing to the fore um, which are, you know, our two largest markets. First, if we take the U.S., you know, in March of 2016, there was a total eclipse, um, and that tends that sort of celestial event takes, you know, tends to uh, fire up the imagination of an entire populace, which it did in the states. But what we found interesting was that um, how literal that translate, how literally that translated into people's listening habits. So what we found was a corresponding 3,521% increase in streams of Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> so you can see where our, the streaming data actually proves a reflection of what's going on in the culture. Um, and more recently, for you know people in the UK that stream in Spotify, what we found, and I think this one's very interesting, in that uh, Three Lions by Badil and Skinner, that shot to the top of the UK charts during the World Cup. Now, if you think about what that would have required in the age of physical distribution, a label would have had to repress that entire, you know, they, ha- they would have to gear up to have that available in stores across the country in the hope that they would see a corresponding sales uplift when it came to, you know, which is very good, difficult to do because England could go out in the group stages and they're not going to sell many albums. But as it happened, England did reasonably well, unexpectedly well in this World Cup. Um, and as a result, as that groundswell of support for the England team came, a lot of England supporters and just general parts of the population supported them through listening to Three Lions, which is sort of the unofficial anthem of the England football (laughs) side. So, you know, that again was a huge spike in streams, so much so that it brought them to the actual top of the of the charts. But also there's an interesting aspect of brands doing this well. And one was there's a, a insurance company in Canada called Sonnet Insurance. And what I thought very interesting about what they did was they were looking at a certain demographic, but recognizing that that demographic, the sort of Gen X and you know, early millennial audience will probably have a few totemic songs from their from a certain stage of their life, which almost everyone will recognize. One, which is almost a parody single, it probably wasn't to the artist at the time, and I should probably be a little careful here, but <laughs> there was a rapper called Snow who released a song called Informer. 
And if you ever hear the song Informer, it's very difficult to follow the lyrics. He's rapping at a million miles an hour. But everybody recognizes the song. And so Sonnet very cleverly inserted that as the hook into their digital audio campaign on Spotify because they knew that immediately there would be a deal that 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 target audience will have a great deal of familiarity with that particular track. And that track probably wasn't all that expensive to license because it wasn't about just being broadly popular. It was about being popular to a specific demographic at a state and time. And that was a really, really strong use of music and not an obvious use of music. So it sounds like that's almost like a quick route through to access an emotional response in in the audience. Yeah, and nostalgia is a strong driver in in people. So yeah, really good work by by Sonnet. We have a piece of research looking at Generation X, Y, and Z. And one of the things that they particular, Generation Z in particular value um, about advertising, um, apart from humor, which um, we have discussed on another occasion, is also that the ad or the communication has to have good music. So, you know, there's a kind of strong connection that people have with music that I think makes it relevant in advertising hmm. as well as their everyday as their everyday lives. Part of our partnership with WPP as well is trying to be able to provide broad level tools that allow brands to make more informed decisions about what demographics are listening to what. Because good music mm-hmm. can be very subjective. So what is good music to an audience that a brand needs to reach? Well, we can help them work out what does good music mean? And then also, once that creative is finished, because we're working with behavioral data that the, the consumer set has shown us they're listening to that music, then we know exactly who to then serve that to at the execution stage, knowing that we're going to be reflecting their own tastes back to them. And that should create a stronger affinity between that brand and the consumer they're trying to reach. But when it comes to the, the Gen Z element, that's probably harder to do. Because you're not going to be using nostalgia as a trigger. It's, it's about being in, in the now. But what we do know from the behavioral data is what groups of people are listening to right now. So we can look at a Gen Z audience and break it down in, se- in several different ways to look at, okay, well, what is the track or number of tracks which seems to resonate well, regardless of gender, regardless of, you know, if you skew a little bit out of those two, those, the, you know, the age range the brand might be looking to reach and identifying those as pieces of music that they might want to look into licensing. Or, you know, what are the aspects of that music that they might want to be bringing out in, just say, the, the bed music for a 30-second ad? So let's dig a little bit deeper into this concept of screenless moments. What are the common screenless moments that, that you think from research Spotify has been doing, as well as just more broadly what we understand about consumers and, and their relationship with audio, that could be particularly compelling? for marketers? Well, yeah, I think it's just thinking about all the different environments where visual media is just not present. So if we currently look at it, we have over 50 million of our users are using Spotify in the car. So that's a big growth area for us. Um, and we've seen a in the last six months an increase of over 40% of streams per day on smart speakers. So you know our, our ubiquity bet, as we used to call it, which was about providing Spotify a competitive advantage in the consumer being able to have music available at their fingertips and conveniently at any part of the day is not just a benefit to the consumer, it's also a benefit to the brand because it means that we can be inserted into environments where they haven't really been able to speak to people before or not at least with that level of digital accuracy that digital gives them. So, And and we see that reflected very much in the, the actual playlist content and the way people title playlists. So shower playlists were something that we saw an interesting spike in a couple of years ago and people were, you know, the rise of these 
they're quite ubiquitous now too, these devices which are essentially Bluetooth speakers with a suction cup and stick them in your speaker and you can listen to music while you get ready in the day. Now, that's really probably going to be an environment that brands, there's a lot of brands that have a vested interest in speaking to that consumer at that time who probably have never had the opportunity to. Um, and also about being able to, you know, if you have a, a brand that is beneficial to its consumer on a day in day out basis, being able to speak to them in different ways based on the context of their listening, I think is very valuable. So knowing, okay, this is a commuter, we can see that by the time of day they're listening and that this spikes every day, Monday to Friday, being able to adapt a message for the consumer then and adapt a different message for when they're coming home when they're probably going to be in very different mindsets and even potentially look at addressing the sort of music that they serve to the consumer as part of their comms in the morning to in the afternoon where they, you know, probably a little frazzled might need the brand to be speaking to them in a slightly less energetic and more relaxed way <laughs> because those moments now are, you know, they complement the ways that these brands will be speaking to consumers through video. And that's really, you know, it's the mobile phone that's provided us that opportunity. So can you give us another example where music might complement particular sort of occasions or behaviors that people are exhibiting? I mean, I'm thinking of something like running. You might be running for half an hour or an hour. You're going to, what are you going to do? You're going to listen to some music while you do that. Are there any examples of that that you have? We recognize that the value proposition of being able to take a period of time without advertising for an upfront view, let's say, of a digital video asset actually in the running context is very valuable to the consumer because they don't you're right they don't want to be interrupted and they you know there's certain things that they want to be able to do and you know they want to focus on their on how they run but also i think when brands integrate the api onto their own applications nike is a really good example of this and being able to recognize you know, allow a user to log in through their Spotify credentials see the sorts of music they listen to and be able to serve up playlists at a tempo which they think is going to help them reach their goal. You know, if they're trying to put in a certain pace that they want to reach for a mile run, then they can use some, you know, technological wizardry in, in you know, in collaboration with us to ensure that the music that's complementing that run is also servicing their performance. So bring it into really practical terms for marketers. How do they get ads made for platform like Spotify? Well, one, I think some of that is going to come down to making it clear when they speak to their creative agencies that that's a priority for them. Um, but we also use, I mean, for a number of years, we've used a business based out of the UK, but that's now also expanded into New York called Red Apple Creative, and they've helped us. They're you know, real specialists at digital audio creative. And a lot of the award-winning work that we've done, they've had a big part to play in. Also, Hogarth are building out a great deal of uh, capability in this regard, and we're working quite closely with Hogarth to help integrate into their production work and their production rate card audio, digital audio, as, a, as an asset class, as a type of thing that can be produced. And I think that that will help too, because I think more and more now, brands are looking at platforms and thinking what, what assets need to be developed for what platform. So an example being, let's say, Instagram. Okay, well, now all of your images, your 48-sheet images and all that, no, now need to be adapted to Square. Otherwise, they're not going to work in that format. Vertical video versus you know, landscape video. But we think that it's very important as well, now that the scale of our platform is what it is, that audio is also spoken of in those same conversations very much upstream about what needs to be built in, let's say, one of Unilever's brands, global brand asset packs that they're going to distribute to markets. Is digital audio in there? And if not, maybe it should be. So then if, what, what if I'm not a, a major global brand? What if I'm 
you know, a small business operating out of my kitchen. We've been putting a great deal of work over the last two or three years into a product which we launched last year called Spotify Ad Studio. And Spotify Ad Studio helps to create a very uh, easy flow for a small to medium-sized enterprise to be able to create their own assets. So we work with a few partners behind the scenes, but the whole idea is to develop a really easy to use user experience within the Spotify Ad Studio element of Spotify for Brands. So, you know, and it directs you to, and helps to develop a script to identify voice talent all through that same interface so that people that don't have a recording studio or, you know, small businesses that might not have access or might not have the resources in order to produce professional audio can produce a very professional version at a much lower cost. In previous podcast episodes, we've covered the topics of radio. We've covered the topic of voice as well. Um, I think we've done a really good thorough exploration of audio and music today. So thank you, Pete. And in future episodes, we will be covering things like slogans and jingles and audio mnemonics. So uh, I guess keep an ear out for what's coming. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to Future Proof the marketing podcast from Said Business School and Kantar. Find more episodes and related content at uk.kantar.com or at sbs.oxford.edu. Thank you.